1: This episode of Let's Talk About Brand was initially broadcast as a live stream in 2020. It has been edited from its original format. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I'm Christine Gritman. I do this show every Friday, or at least I have been doing this show every Friday, I'm not doing it again until 2021, you guys. So I will see you in the future. But in the meantime, today is our last show of 2020. And I'm so excited because I have the fabulous, amazing, mind-blowing Ms. Laura Pearman on today. <laughs> so I want to tell you just a little bit about Laura before I bring her on. Laura and I met at Social Media Marketing World 2017 in San Diego, and I just loved her style. I kept noticing her everywhere she went. She has this gorgeous retro thing going on and I was like is she like hired by a brand to be <laughs> a character or something It just she was just so like awesomely noticeable with her great style and I talked to our mutual friends Andrew and Pete and they were like that's Laura, man. (laughs) So, uh, Laura and I clearly vibe on that level among others. And, uh, and I knew that I had to do a shoot with her and I've done a few photo shoots with her since. She's an incredible photographer. Um, her, her pictures are never just pictures. They've always been just really building this, this whole branding world behind them, which is why this year she has made the pivot to being a brand strategist. So she is still an incredible photographer. She's also expanding that to all elements of branding, which is what we're going to talk about today, how to brand with creativity. So uh, without any further ado, I am going to bring Laura on. Laura! <laughs> oh, and Jen <laughs> loves my hair. I, of course, did that hair because it we is have amazing. fabulous hair. Yeah, had to had to get a little retro with it today. Plus, hey, it's Christmas time, right? <laughs>
0: little festive. <history laughs> exactly.
1: I love it. So, Laura, as I said in the intro, you've been a photographer for many years. You specialized in incredibly branded headshots that tell a story. They aren't just you know on a backdrop or anything like that, um, unless it's a specifically chosen backdrop. And now you have made the transition to being a brand strategist in general. So can we talk about what that means and what the difference is?
0: Absolutely, yes, we can. So what a lot of people don't know about me is prior to my 10 years working in the photography world, and I've done that in lots of different um, facets, by the way, um, I worked in marketing and public relations. That was actually my first degree. Um, So I've always had this extra like spidey sense about the strategy behind great branded photos. And that's why I went into this niche of brand photography. Um, in terms of what it means for me going forward, I am applying more of that. So obviously, As a result of lockdown, I haven't been able to be out in person, flying around the world, taking people's photos. So for me, it was an instant response to finding out when people say exactly like what you just said there in the intro, Christine, it's more than just a photo. So I've kind of delved deep on that, did a few months of research and we're honing now around the strategy, creative direction in a virtual way, and, um, you know, dialing into things like brand auditing and brand management in, sp- in, in particular for next year. So it's been a hell of a year, like what a ride, <laughs> but I'm really, really excited about it.
1: <laughs> I love that. And I love that we've had similar journeys because I also, it's funny because people don't even remember that, I wasn't specializing in personal branding this hard until a few months ago. But, you know, when it fits, it fits. And it's such an important yes. need right now. So um, I guess let's talk about some of the some of the essentials that people need in order to brand themselves creatively. And I am going to start with the low-hanging fruit, which is I would like to ask you first about photography and what kind of, of photography... Um, they should have because the absolute bare bones minimum, right, is just a shot of your face that looks like you. But let's talk about how people can get more creative with
0: that because you're a master of that. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so yeah, the, the Billy Basics, as I would say, would be a really good headshot. What makes a really good basic Billy basic headshot is an image of you that has been shot within the last two years. So there are so many people out there who are like, yeah, I looked pretty hot back in 2007. You look very different now over 10 years ago.
1: And it's the worst when you meet someone at an event, right. And you're, and you're trying to do your, you know, follow-up networking. You, you look them up on LinkedIn and you met someone with, you know, uh, white shocking white hair and there's and there's this person with you know dark brown glossy hair you know minus 30 pounds and it's like i don't know if you're the same person
0: (laughs) yes exactly so i've I've had heard really funny excuses about this one of the funniest ones is i change my hair color like three times a year so i can't have a current headshot yeah you can you just need to take a photo Every time you change your hair color and you have different hair colors on your um, social media in rotation so that people understand that you're the type of person who changes their hair color. Don't don't give me that excuse. So, so that's like the the Billy basics. I like to think of this actually as a pyramid. So, if you can imagine your um, Billy basic professional current headshot that was done within the last two years, I'm trying to make a pyramid here, is at the top. That is what you would have in your bio circle across social media. That's the image that you would use, um, or from that same shoot, in your about me page on your website. Underneath this pyramid all this good stuff here this ought to be filled with real authentic selfies and you need to be kicking out selfies on a regular basis and this is the next point of resistance that we see so people are like yeah well I just can't do a good job like a photographer well guess what if you go through your somebody's Instagram and all you see is professional photo shoot after professional photo shoot You're going to be like, yeah, this person seems a little bit too glossy to be relatable to. And, you know, given what's happened this year, we are all, you know, the whole authenticity thing is even more at the forefront of our minds. If I can see a CEO who has that amazing photo shoot or even a number of them, that's great. But guess what makes me fall in love with them? the no makeup in the PJs selfie, or if they're stressed out buying groceries, I fall in love with them because they become real to me. I so you ha- if you think that. about it, yeah, you are amazing yeah, at this. Like I you mean, did a I whole have, thing.
1: I have my whole like red lipstick thing going on in my professional shots, but there is always a shot of me with no makeup looking exhausted on my Instagram in particular, because you know what, if I'm out in the world, I want people to recognize me. I want to be recognizable. Yeah, you... I don't want to be incognito like ever.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it's one of these things that I think a lot of people have misgivings over. So they come out with all these different excuses. I can't take a shot on my phone. My yeah. phone's terrible. <laughs> I don't know how to edit. You know, that's why I brought out the whole love your selfie thing a few years ago. But the what's interesting about this is the addition to this so now that we're seeing the the veils kind of dropped a little bit we've got less of that glossy thing within this body of the pyramid you know underneath that where you've got your selfies there are so many more ways that you can get creative with DIY photography or professionally shot stock brand photography to round out your overall brand impression so I'm thinking of things like a desk selfie that has been so trendy this year you know how many conferences have we all been to from our homes and one of those things is yeah take a quick selfie of your desk and it's okay if it's covered in like five coffee cups from the week and like a dying plant we it's okay let's just pull together because times are tough in fact, but it's that, that's it's been a real thing cup. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what I was hoping to have a nice gin and tonic with you this evening but I have my very um safe non-like bottle of water so oh, there you time, go <laughs> next time yeah (laughs) but yeah
1: so so beyond the shot of your head you in situ and it doesn't have to be professional
0: Exactly. Yeah, it could be pictures of your hands doing the work that you do if you're a maker or a creative in any way. It could be a picture of your feet. It could be a selfie of you in the car holding the steering wheel. There's so many ways that you can evoke so many different messages with the use of your body. Your your body tells a story. You just need to learn how to wield that a little bit for your brand and for the overall energy that you're trying to evoke with what you're saying.
1: I love that. All right. So, Laura, so we've got a, a headshot that's current. We've got other shots that may or may not be professional. Um, how do people use these things? Because the fact is, it's one thing to just be like, here's a picture. Here's a picture. Here's a picture. But how are some ways that people can use that imagery and even other non-photographic imagery to create their whole you know, branding environment?
0: what a good question. So there is, I have a checklist, actually, I don't know if we can drop a link to that in the show notes called how to get the um, the, the ROI, the return on your headshots investment. And I went through and I've militantly listed every single place that you've probably forgotten that you should have a really good professional image of you on it. From the obvious things like social media and um, profiles to the less obvious things like updating your gravitational or or making sure that the picture of you on your email marketing software is actually the right image of you. And my rule with this, Christine, is that if you have one headshot on LinkedIn, it should be the same headshot everywhere. And then when you change it up, if you've got 10 images from that shoot, you change all of them at the same time. So the beauty of that checklist, which is free, by the way, you can go through and make sure that everything is up to date. And the reason I'm telling you to keep your photos the same across the board is not for you. It is it is for your brand, but most importantly, it's for your networking ability. So if I see somebody on LinkedIn and I know that that's that person, maybe I'm t- listening to them speak or maybe. I'm um, listening to them on a podcast even and I can't see their face I want to know that if I go and look for them then on Facebook I'll be able to find the right person instead of scrolling through a bajillion like Joe bloggers I want to know well that's Joe because I've seen his headshot. so you do that for the benefit of other people it helps your discovery which ultimately improves the way that your brand is being regarded by new people um, I'm trying to remember. So yeah, in the in the way of using your images, there are the more traditional ways. So um, in print, you might want to do a round of postcards, and I send out these little um, love notes. I don't know if I have any to hand, <laughs> but I have I have these little branded love notes, and I try and make sure I send out a love note once a month. And it could just be that it's Aww. you know like a local a local business has done great, um, or maybe a friend of mine has got a great speaking gig or something but I will send them a branded love note I would say make sure you have your image on your branded love note because that what they're going to do they're going to put it up by their desk and they you're in their desk now you're that you're in the corner of their eye all the time and um, the traditional things on your website um if you wanted to have your business card with an image of you you know the the more standard things but you say and do you have your image on that
1: Yes, I've always, in fact, from the very beginning, my very first set of business cards for Christine Gritman Inc. uh, Not only had my picture full on one side of them, but it also, um, they're also square. And I will never drop that because people always notice, first of all, that it's an unusual size, but it still fits in their wallet. But second of all, they always notice that my picture is front and center because honestly, my personality and myself is my main point of branding
0: yeah that's your memorable quality for sure yeah people remember how they feel experiencing your energy and that is a key point of your brand so yeah thinking about it in alternative ways as well you know if you're a painter and decorator is there a way to do it a little bit differently than if you were an IT specialist you know it's all about understanding the way that your brand is get round to it Tim I'm seeing that comment there it's about time we did a photo of you and you put it on a damn business card 2021 uh, resolution number one
1: (laughs) yes and resolution number two
0: is to get another one done by laura <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> because it'll all be safe by next year <laughs>
1: yes though so jen um is now putting x stands on her, because jen is also the owner of a company of uh, little standing desk kind of proper upper things and uh and so now that's on her her business card which makes sense Um, I would like to move on to actually beyond photos. What are some additional ways that you can get creative with your branding and make it stand out and kind of create so people know that they're walking into your environment?
0: This is such a good question, Christine. And I'd like to think that we're going to be responsible for raising up the knowledge of branding Mm -hmm. in the zeitgeist. So when we're two little old crusty ladies in like, you know, 35 (laughs) years time, people will look back and say, well, those girls tried to do it. So are you ready? Let's get into it. People think that branding is your colours, your logo, and some of them now realise it's your photos it's actually way more than that. So in a traditional brand guidelines document, you're going to see a whole chapter dedicated to copy, a whole chapter dedicated to behavior, a whole chapter dedicated to customer service and how you how you email, a whole chapter dedicated to animation. Now we're seeing um, a whole chapter dedicated to our role branding. So that is the sound of your brand. Think of the McDonald's, There you go. That's our branding. (laughs) Illustrations. Um, Branding elements. So these might be the little pieces that you use that aren't necessarily in your logo, but they're like little um, graphic elements that you would put together in probably a layered way because that's very trendy right now underneath your photo. Um, The other thing I want to mention is totems. So we can think of lots of cool brands that have totems where it's like this weird thing. um, And you're like, it makes no sense, but every time I say that thing, it makes me think of that business. A great Do you mean, example like the of the duck from
1: Streamyard, like that sort of the thing, duck or? from
0: Streamyard. the The bear from Bonjoro, yep. or what about even the pineapple or the pizza emoji from Andrew and Pete? Yes, they are. They are all brand totems. And when you've worked through the context of my playbook, the creativity book that we're talking about in today's giveaway. You will see that I dedicate a section to every single one of these aspects. When you really think about each of these aspects and you understand the direction that you want to take your brand in, just doing these things is going to put you head and shoulders above so many other businesses because so many people still don't get the purpose of real branding.
1: And it's kind of like your your red lipstick, Mark. You can even do that with an emoji. Your red lipstick mark is not only on you as a person, but also you <laughs> sign things with it. I actually am um, going to tell the folks at home about a conversation Laura and I had on on Instagram, where I didn't know I was talking to Laura, <laughs> because she was she was uh, she was kind of engaging on behalf of Andrew and Pete, and I didn't know that she was doing that yet. And she signed it Laura, but there's a lot of Lauras in Andrew and Pete's atomic world. Oh. Don't even so,
0: get me started. So, yeah. I said,
1: so I said, "Which Laura is it?" And I didn't think it was you because I had no idea you were doing that. So I didn't think it was you. But she said, "It's your favorite Laura, of course." And any Laura could have said that. So I said, "No, it can't be." Ms. Pearman doesn't do it with <laughs> the socials. And you said, "Believe it." And you put in your lip emoji, and that's how I was like, "Oh." It is Laura. Like, I knew it was you because you signed <laughs> it with the lipstick. <laughs> I've been doing that with the red heart lately. Um, I would love to do the lipstick, but you own that. So I didn't do that. I you own sent the red lips. That. You sent me gummy candy red lips in the mail once. That is just yeah. brilliant and that's something that's that's a totem that's something that I just associate with you and are there other people in the world who wear red lipstick yes yes there are you have made that such a part of your brand that it is brilliant and I love it
0: the interesting thing sorry to interrupt you the Go interesting ahead, sure. thing about this as an example is that lipstick and photography, or lipstick and branding. I mean, there are certain connotations, but they're not that obvious, you know? It would be really obvious to use the camera emoji, for instance, Mm -hmm. but like you said, you know everyone and their dog uses the you know you think photographer it's really obvious, so you want to try and push the envelope a little bit if this is something that you're considering about doing with your brand and even if it 's something totally unrelated, a great example of this would be um Jenna Kutcher, so she has a whole thing where she talks a lot about mac and cheese. She absolutely loves macaroni and cheese it's got nothing to do with her wedding photography it's got nothing to do with her um Gold Digger podcast. But if you thought of mac and cheese and you're a Jenna Kutcher fan, you're gonna make the connection every time you think about it or hear about it. So you, th- you know, it could be something from your personal life that you wanna start baking into your personal brand.
1: I've considered actually um using the cherries emoji a little bit more because the kind of the retro rockabilly thing has a lot of cherry imagery. I have earrings with the big cherries on them. I have a sweater that I did a photo shoot with with the cherries on it and um, and it's red. So I've been considering that, yeah. but I've been holding off because there might be some connotations, but I might decide that I don't care. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about... Um, so what are what's something that, you know, people should, what's kind of the the low hanging fruit of if someone right now, if someone right now is just like, I want to make some really, I'll go into a whole thing in 2021. I'll hire a branding consultant like Laura in 2021. But right now, what's a few really easy things people can do that are often overlooked that can make their branding that much stronger or even just more unique and creative? This is
0: a good question. So, Obviously, step one is work through the playbook. But if you've done that already or you're ready for a different hack, Um, I just did an episode on Moi TV, which is my YouTube channel, about mood boarding. So this time of year, like just between Christmas and New Year is when I like to, I go mad with mood boarding. Um, Obviously, it's something that's part of my life in a regular way um, for clients. So if I'm talking with um, a client about a photo shoot, it could be that we're planning it with over a year's lead time. When we're in that situation, I tell them to create a secret Pinterest board, invite me to that Pinterest board, and ask them to start pinning the things that they love and they're seeing. It could be brand totems that they're contemplating, it could be graphics, obviously, it could be photos as well. And I ask them to share things that they absolutely hate as well as the things that they absolutely love. And speaking, Yes, speaking in this way by exchanging visuals is incredibly powerful. So it really helps you to dial up your own creative ability. But whenever you're working with any creative supplier, be it a photographer, a makeup artist, a stylist, a website designer, when you communicate with them using visuals, You're cutting out your inability to explain creativity. So what what often happens for, you know, I'm speaking on behalf of all creative suppliers right now around the world. What often happens when you talk to a client about creativity is the client kind of gives you this garbled message. And this garbled message, unfortunately, is tainted by the the things that they're dealing with in their day-to-day. So say they're having a really horrible day and they're stressed out, they're going to speak very fast, they're going to forget a bunch of details, and maybe they just saw an advert on the telly last night, so they'll refer to that, or maybe they're listening to a song on Spotify, they'll refer to that, because it's all top of mind. When actually, when you delve a little bit deeper, all of those reference points don't really mean anything. The client's just throwing this stuff at you because that's what's in their creative, like the forefront of their mind. When you start asking somebody to really consider it and kind of take a beat and start showing you examples, it helps the client have the confidence that you get them. So it's a great way when you're trying to do this yourself to think like a creative supplier. Start trying to communicate with yourself and develop your ideas in visual. So you can obviously do that on Pinterest, I would take it to the next level. And this is what I was talking about. On uh, my TV last week, where I say, "Okay, download all of those images and start formulating them into a mood board," um, and then that, yeah, like you said, like you said there, Trisha, it's a great way to brain dump. And then I want you to crystallize and solidify that, and um, start checking it as well. Start checking it. This is something that the playbook forces you to do. I force you to criticize your own ideas which feels like a really scary thing to do. But when you do that, the, the quality of the creativity becomes so much better.
1: And Laura, I love what you said about mood boards um, because- on Pinterest, it's fantastic, especially for communicating with a professional, but also just getting clear on your ideas. I just I just muted my mic for a minute and went over to the other, crawled over to the other side of my office. I have a huge bag of whatever magazines and catalogs we hadn't dumped in recycling yet, uh, because <laughs> I... In addition to the year ending, I'm about to be ending a decade, personally. I'm turning 40 next week. So I actually have already planned here in my little space of my office, which is a very kind of sacred space to me, to put together some boards about, um, I, I think, one about life, kind of looking forward to my 40s, and one about business. And you know the business one is going to be very, very red anything I see that's kind of retro and you know what it can get it can get the ideas flowing because there might be things that you vibe with that you're attracted to that you're drawn to that you may not have actually thought of but then you look at that and you say oh that's totally me or I want it to be
0: yeah 100% I, I, I love um my vision board is always my desktop wallpaper on my laptop so at any time of the day If I'm feeling a little bit frazzled or a little bit lost, it's on the desktop. Just close a few programs and look at what you're doing this for in a wider sense.
1: That is, I actually have a mood board I put together, um, a vision board, not a mood board, a vision board that I put together January of 2018. I went to an event in January of 2018. As you said, it's a good time of year for that sort of thing. And I put together this vision board of 2018 And I still have it because it's a little bit terrifying, and I'm afraid to throw it out because it's powerful. It's kind of insane to look at this board. Looking at it in December of 2018, I was like, "It all happened." Do that. i'm a little free i i i honestly feel like if i threw it out it would turn up in this exact spot the next day without me having done a thing. i don't i i think it's a little little too powerful but but that's brilliant to do for your brand as well what does your brand yes. feel like what do you see for your brand what what vibes and that's it's it's a fantastic, fantastic exercise. Trisha says the textures do it for her as well. Uh, a download of Laura's fantastic ebook on how to sex up your creativity. Anyone who is ready to sex up their creativity, you can always download that. We have a link in the comments, and it's also right there, and you can go and download that for yourself. Um, it is a paid download because it is a substantial book at first I was like oh it's a download and then I downloaded it and I was like this is a freaking book you're actually printing it uh next (laughs) year and I want a copy of it even though I'm reading the pdf I want a physical copy of it because this is a resource that I'm going to turn back to periodically to to rev up my creativity over and over I could see going back to this like every year yeah, that, that's what I.
0: That's exactly what I wanted to achieve. I want to have like a. I don't know if it'll be a hardback. I need to talk to somebody who's good at books. If anyone knows <laughs> anyone, send me a link. I want it to be the kind Tim. of book that feels Tim. the kind of <laughs> yeah, the kind of book that feels beautiful enough for it to take up real estate near your desk. So if you're ever hitting a creative block, you, I want you to reach for this book on a regular basis and work through it. That's the goal. With it. it is this. beautiful.
1: Yeah. So this is a fantastic book. I really recommend that uh, that you invest in it because it is a fantastic resource um, that I'm going to be going back to. I'm printing out some of the pages just to kind of work with them.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So Laura, you are amazing. Uh, we have links for where people can find you, but tell them where you want to be found.
0: Okay, so if you want to see me on um, any social, my, my link is forward slash Lperman photos everywhere. I think I have a Snapchat account, but I haven't opened that <laughs> thing till, to, till since 2017. Yeah, so way. don't try and contact me on Snapchat. If you want to talk to me in real time and you don't want to work with any of my team, you need to come and see, with, see me on Instagram. That's where I play as me most of the time. So I'm in there like at least twice a day. Um so drop me a DM, drop me a silly video, or even drop me a quirky voice bubble, and I'll probably fall in love with you straight away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And of course, if you're if you happen to be in or around Newcastle upon Tyne, UK, um, when lockdown's over, you will hopefully be lucky enough to uh encounter Miss Laura herself. I am like freaking out that I haven't seen you in so long in person I'm so excited to see you in 2021 fingers crossed
0: yes fingers crossed fingers crossed and I really want to get to New York like we've talked about this so much and we had it like provisionally in the diary didn't we and then it all just went so hopefully we can bring that back
1: it's going to happen. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being on with me today, Laura. And thank you, all of you, so much for watching. As I mentioned, this is my final show of 2020, but I will be back in January of 2021. So, so mark it on your calendars. I'm here every Friday at 12 noon on Facebook and now also on Twitter and Periscope for now until they pull the plug on that one, which I know is happening soon. So make sure to catch me in the new year. And in the meantime, have very, very happy holidays. and happy new year. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.